The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with your host, Ty Maynard. We're the starting point for sales professionals and business owners who want to gain more clients, score higher margins, and not be left behind in sales and business. Now, here's Ty Maynard. Hello, everyone. Hello, and welcome to the show. Welcome to Forget Patience. Let's sell something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and our goal every week is to help you in your quest to be the best in sales, business, and life. And we're going to continue to bring you top shelf information as well as top shelf shelf guests to help you get the information you need to be your best. And by uh, by request, and as a matter of fact, uh, several emails and tweets and, and, and uh, Facebook uh, in, insights that I got, we have back with us Topher Morrison. He was with us a couple of months ago, and he was talking about how to become a key person of influence. And that was just uh, energy-filled, information-laden uh, radio show that was exceptional, and we have him back to continue. I know, Topher, you talked about uh, some of the key ways to be a key person of influence, and we want to we finish that for them today. But let me, let me give you just a little bit of information about Topher. Topher, Topher Morrison is Managing Director of Entrevo USA, a growth accelerator firm that has worked with over 1,000 companies globally in helping them to dominate their market share. He's featured in the award-winning documentaries The Compass and Riches, and his first book, Stop Chasing Perfection and Settle for Excellence. I love that title. And he's been hailed as the, self, as the self-help book for people who are sick of self-help books. If you want a book, a really good book, you need to get that. His extensive speaking schedule spanning over the past 25 years has taken him through the U.S., U.K., Australia, Singapore, and earned him a global reputation as an expert in mass communications and influence. Topher has spoken for top execs with American Express, Microsoft, and Google, just to name a few. And Topher, I just want to thank you for coming back to the show. Dude, it's my pleasure, but I gotta tell you, man, you're pumping me up way too much. You should have said, we brought him back because frankly, he just didn't get his point across as clearly as we wanted him to. So we're gonna give him a second chance. Now I gotta deliver, bro. I gotta really man, step up we, my game and do good. No, we know you're gonna bring it. <laughs> I'll do my best. You know me, man. You know me. I'll do my best. I'll help you out. Well, I appreciate um, yeah, we, that. We, last time we, we had a great conversation. I gotta tell you, it was one of the funnest radio interviews I think I've ever done. And, and, and I, I, you know, it's all, it's all about the host, in my opinion. Yes, some really great questions. I had a ball. And I want to send a compliment out to you because last week I had my new business development manager in my office and I have your book on my bookshelf. And let me tell you, there's not a lot of books in my bookshelf. In fact, I'm turning around right now. I got one, two, 
three, four, five books that I cherish enough to put on my bookshelf. Wow. Well, I take that back. I have six. Yours is (laughs) missing right now. She saw that, and uh, she goes, what's that? And I go, it's one of the best sales books I've ever read. You should read it because you're in sales. She grabbed it. Took it away, and I, don't, I haven't seen it since, and she loves it. So uh, I think she's actually on her second read right now. So that says a lot about your book, buddy. It's, uh, it's a great read. If you guys listening have not got his book, I, don't get my book. Get his book. <laughs> it's going to help you out a lot more. <laughs> well, thank you, Topher. I appreciate that. And those of you listening, it's easy to remember the name of the book. It's Forget Patience. Let's sell something. As a matter of fact, the radio show uh, has the name of the actual book. And when we talk about... Forget patience. We aren't saying be impatient. We're saying be proactive. Let's make some things happen. And that's also what we're talking about with being a key person of influence. A key person of influence, as I understand it, Topher, is not someone who's waiting for things to happen. They're making things happen. So, you know, for those who did not listen to the last show, I really recommend that you go back to the archives and take a peek at it. I think you're going to be really impressed with the knowledge base that Topher has. But for those who did not listen, Topher, uh, let's just help him out again. What do you define as someone who is a key person of influence? Sure, sure, sure. So, you know, it's really you made a really cool distinction there. You said it's not the guy who's sitting back idly. It's a person who's taking action. And I think the key distinction is... It's taking the right type of action, you know? Um, right. I know a lot of people that aren't key people of influence, and, man, they're taking a lot of action every single day, but they just don't get it going. You know, we, well, our philosophy is you've got three types of business owners that are out there. Uh, you've got your newbies, which are the ones that basically just get their Series 7 or their, uh, you know, their certification or their realty license or whatever, and they're getting out in the business, and they've got this passion. They're filled with optimism and naivety, and they just they can't wait to get up in the morning and get to the office. They can't wait to stay up as late as possible and just work through the night because they just love what they do. And it's a real fun – I mean, we've all been there, Ty. You've been there as well. You know, yes. when you first started getting in, you wrote that book, right? And you're like, man, I'm going to hit the speaking circuit. We've all done it, right? We all go through the newbie, the newbie phase is what I call it. Um, that lasts for about 8 to 12 months. And then people promote themselves into the second category by no fault or skills whatsoever, just by time alone. 8 to 12 months, they go, holy crap, i got to pay some bills. Maybe I shouldn't be trying to give away all these books. I should be selling them. Or maybe I shouldn't be trying to give away all my talks or my meetings. I should be selling something at them. And this really kind of leads into you know, your whole thing about like you know, forget patience sell something, you know, you can have all the meetings in the world, but if you don't have a closing question in that meeting, it's just bar talk, you know, it's just a chit chat. (laughs) And that's what a lot of worker bees do, man. So they go from newbie up to worker bee. Worker bees work the same amount of hours, but they don't have the energy that the newbies do. The newbies spring out of bed and they can't wait to get going. The, the, The worker bees have to grab that first cup of coffee in the morning and they look at the newbies and they go... Oh man, I remember the day. I remember what it was like to be that naive and that happy. Oh, you know, and so they almost kind of envy those people. They almost wish they could go back to that life in some respects, but they're stuck in worker bee status and they're working their butt to the bone. So those people take a lot of action, but they really kind of, their, their action, the way I would describe their action is their action is a chasing action. They're chasing down the leads. They're chasing down the customers. They're on the phone. They're making the calls. They're going through the numbers. And and it's efforting, man. It's hard to be a worker bee. Then you get the third level, which is the key person of influence. The worker bees envy the newbies, but they're jealous 
of the key people of influence. They look at these people like these are the, you know, a key person of influence is that person whose name comes up in conversation for all the right reasons. They're the one where, you know, when somebody talks about the industry, they go, hey, do you know so-and-so? Because everybody knows who they are. And those, those worker bees look at the key people of influence and they go, I don't get it, man. Why does that person get all of the business? I have just as good of a product. Hell, my product's better than theirs. I have better product, better service, better guarantees, better pricing. How come are they getting all the business? Well, the reason they're getting all the business is because it's not so much about the product or the service. It's about the reputation. And these people are key, what we call key people of influence. They're the ones that don't have to chase the sales like worker bees do. The sales come to them. So the, the, the key person of influence's actions are a completely different quality and a completely diff- different level. Their actions are about producing results where a worker bee's actions are about producing leads, and there's a real big difference there. Man, the land of producing leads is tiring, but the land of producing results is rewarding. And that's, that's kind of our philosophy. Is like, how can you get to that land of being a key person of influence in the shortest amount of time possible? Because it actually has, it has nothing to do with everything we think it should have something to do with. You know, We think that to become a key person of influence, well, it makes sense. We should become an expert in the field. We should be working in the same business for 30 years and, and build a great reputation over time. And that is one way to do it. And that is how most people have done it in the past. But unfortunately, you know, if you look at the statistics about how long somebody stays in a job nowadays, the days of working for the same company for 30 years are over. So you don't really have that luxury to spend 30 years to become a key person of influence. We have to accelerate that process. And our concept at, uh, at Intrivo is that there's five things that people need to do in order to become a key person of influence. And we talked about, if I'm not mistaken, Ty, I think we talked about the first three in great detail. We just kind of touched on the last two, but we didn't really go into any detail. So what I'll do is before we head to break here, I'll go through those five things real quickly. Hopefully that will intrigue enough people listening to go back and listen to the archives and get the full content for those first three things. And then we'll, we'll spend a little bit more time talking about the, the other two approaches. So the, the five things in order to, to become a key person of influence, and these are in order, by the way. You can't do them out of order. It doesn't make sense. We can explain why maybe in the third or the fourth segment. The first thing is you've got to have a perfect pitch. You know, it is shocking, Ty, how many people in the world, when you say, what do you do for a living, they don't have an answer. <laughs> you right. know, it starts off like, well, it's kind of hard to explain. I was at a networking event this morning, and a woman gave me three business cards for three completely different industries, and she's trying to be a key person of influence? Forget about it. She looks like a joke. She looks like a jack-of-all-trades and a master of none. So that's the first thing. You've got to have a clear pitch. And we have three different types of pitches that we recommend. We think you should have your elevator pitch or what we call the quick pitch, the social pitch, and then the investor pitch. And those have a completely different outcome. The second component is that you want to actually um, um, become published. You need to be seen as an authority in your industry. And the quickest way to be seen as an authority, and you know this, Ty, you've experienced this, is to get published. Whether it be writing a blog or a news journal or an article or for, for like what you did, writing a great book. And when you write a book, man, you own that territory. Like nobody can sit there and say, I'm an expert in um, forgetting patience and selling. You'll go, uh-uh, I'm the expert in that. Right. I wrote a book in it, you know? Um, so that's a really big thing is to make sure that you get published. And then the third component 
is to what we call productize yourself. In other words, take all of the intellectual property, the genius that you have inside your head, everything that makes your business work, and get it out of your head. Get it into policies. Get it into procedures. Get it into CDs, downloads, books. Um, audio programs, video programs, and create product which can work in your absence. The, uh, the fourth component is to raise your profile through traditional media and online media. And we're going to talk a lot about that when we get back from the break. And then the fifth and the final component is once you've raised your profile, people will come out and want to do partnerships with you. And once you have those partnerships, it makes life so much easier because people show up to your business pre-sold based upon reputation and endorsement. So those are five things. What we'll do when we come back from the first break, we'll, we'll go into depth in how do you raise your profile because that's something that not a lot of people really have a specific strategy for how to do. Wow, that's, that's good stuff, man. And you, you succinctly and eloquently captured in, in record time the five key things to become a key person of influence. And that's exactly what we do. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about that. But one of the things you said that was really important uh, about becoming a key person of that, influence. That's called the power of coffee, Ty. That's how I can do it so quick. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things you said was you, you said people are saying, hey, do you know this person? Do you know? And that's, that's key because, you know, we did a networking sex session on here and uh, we say it's, it's not about who you know, it's about who's saying they know you. Yeah. And, yeah. and that, that's what you're talking about, it sounds like. Yeah, it is. In fact, you can even go one step further and say it's not even the people who you know that know people. It's the people that know the people that know the people that you know. Think of it like a tree, right? You don't get right. the fruit from the trunk. You don't get the fruit from the branch. You get the fruit from the stem. And when you can get to three levels removed, that's where the fruits of your labor hit. Wow. That is good stuff. That's good stuff. Well, listen, uh, I think we have them intrigued enough to hang on and to Let's listen go. to the rest of this and go back. <laughs> And check out part one. So it's time for us to, to get ready for our first short break. And you're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard. And my guest today is Topher Morrison, helping us, giving us keen insight on how to become a key person of influence in your particular industry. Uh, stay tuned and we'll be back shortly. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Wealth Solutions for the 99% is a weekly talk show focused on helping you develop and execute a game plan to build wealth. Your host, Paul LaJoy, who built a $50 million-plus company in less than five years, believes it's impossible to be poor in America, and he'll show you why with his innovative strategies. The show is upbeat, fun, and informative. Tune in every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Business. 
Tune in every week for the Ellis Martin Report. Our program will bring you the news and information that you need each week. We look at publicly traded small and mid-cap companies from a variety of sectors. We'll talk to key people in the industry to bring you the foreground and background of new and up-and-comers for potential investment. Please remember, invest only at your own risk. The Ellis Martin Report is meant for information purposes only. Tune in every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and my guest today is Topher Morrison. He's Managing Director of Entrevo USA. And Topher, you've been sharing with us on how to become a key person of influence in whatever our particular industry is, and you gave some key insight. You talked about the last time the first three components of being uh, successful. Let's invest the rest of the time talking about the final two and sure. going in as much detail as you as you like. All right, cool, cool. All right, so um, like we said, the first thing you start off with is your perfect pitch. That intrigues people to want to listen to you, find out more about you. From the perfect pitch, we go into raising uh, your credibility by getting published. Once you've done that, we're going to try to get the information out of your head into products so your product can work in your absence. So that's product, what we call productization. The, the, the fourth element is what we call raising your profile. And there's really two places to look with regard to raising your profile. And, and here's why raising your profile is so critical. You know, if you look at these five things, the pitch, the, 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 the uh, publishing, the productization, the profile, and the partnership, what we call the five Ps. The one that almost every entrepreneur wants to go for first is the partnership. Like, ah, I need to find the right people. I need to create alliances with really cool connected people in the community, and I want to get some joint ventures or I want to get some investors, and they always want to go to the partnerships first. And what happens is most people end up blowing their partnerships because they don't have the pitch. So it's really critical that you hit these things in the right area. What's the importance about profile? The importance of raising your profile is very important, and here's why. Uh, I think I just repeated myself. Here's the importance of raising your profile. By raising your profile, the right partners will find you. You don't have to find them. You know, Ty, one of the biggest challenges that venture capitalists and angel investors have right now today in today's economy, the number one problem they have is, you know what it is? They have too much money and they don't know who to give it to. (laughs) That's literally their problem. They have more money than they know what to do with and they can't find good qualified people to give it to. And here's why. Because their whole day is filled up with people coming to them, begging them for the money. And I would submit that if you have to go to a partner, if you have to go to a VC, a venture capitalist, or an angel investor and ask them for the money, you got a 99% chance you're not going to get it, a 1% chance you will. But the moment 
you get a VC, a venture capitalist, or an angel investor to call you, you got a 99% chance of getting that funding and a 1% chance of blowing it. So the wow. whole point of raising your profile is so you, you don't have to go find the partners. The partners will find you. So we'll talk about that in the next segment. But let's talk about how do you raise your profile. There's two ways to raise your profile currently right now in the mainstream levels of business. One is what we call traditional media. That would be TV and radio. And then the third, then the next third, the, the other one, the second one, is what we call emerging media. This is a great example of emerging media. You know, we're, we're, on, we're on technically radio, but it's internet radio, but it's getting broadcast everywhere. This, this radio show knows no boundaries. People can, in Singapore could be listening to this if they wanted to. It can be found anywhere and everywhere because of the internet. So right. emerging media usually has something to do with some kind of a hub online to where it actually has no boundaries and it can go completely global and reach people all around the world. So let's start with traditional media. It's the hardest to get profile raised on is traditional media. It's still, interestingly enough, as effective as online and emerging media is, the, the, the brass ring or the one that people always want still, admittedly, it's traditional media. They want to get on TV. They want to get on FM radio, you know, and you're like, well, okay, fine. They want to yeah. get on that morning talk show host, you know, with Howard Stern or something. Well, he's not even FM. He's satellite now, I guess. But uh, okay. so what, what, what happens is that they try to figure out how they can get on there. Well, this is why we do everything in the order that we do it, because the first thing that you do when you contact a traditional media source is you've got to give them a pitch. <laughs> and let me tell you, you know, these bookers, what they call, they call them bookers, the, the people that go through and they find the talent for the actual artists, the, the hosts of the TV show, these bookers get pitched by people. I mean, they get 100 pitches a day, and they say no 99 times out of 100 probably. So you've got to make sure that that pitch is really polished to perfection. And in general terms, especially with traditional media, if your pitch doesn't have something to do with a current market trend, you're going to have a real hard time getting on TV. But the moment you have something which can get on TV, which is related to something timely, you'll get booked all over the place. A good friend of mine has a book uh, I forget what the name of the title exactly is, but I think it's something like the uh, the Secret Life of a Cruise Ship Director, uh, and basically it's a it's kind of like a biography or a tell all about all the crazy things that go on on cruise ships, right? Uh -huh. The moment the Concordia ship crashed, man, he was smart. He got onto a publicist, paid him two grand right away, and said, "Get me booked." This guy was able to get on every single national television and news center because he is the foremost expert in what happens on cruise ships because he wrote a book, which is a tell-all about what happens on cruise ships. And this man sold more books in that like one to two-week period when the Costa Concordia crashed over wherever the heck it crashed out. I can't remember what country it was in. He sold more books in that two-week time frame than he's probably sold two full years. Wow. All he did was to get on national TV, but it was a timely related thing. Now, a lot of people sit there and go, well, I don't know what I can do that's timely related. It does require a little bit of creativity. You know, so for example, I'll, I'll use you as an example, Ty. If you wanted to get on national TV right now, what's the hottest topic at the time that you and I are doing this live broadcast? I realize some people are going to listen to this archive later, but, you know, uh, October 3rd, 2013, we're, we're, we're doing this live show right now. What's the hottest topic right now on news? 
It's the government, government right now. Government it's shutdown. Shut right. Yeah, right. It's the government shutdown. So what does uh, forgetting patients let's sell something have to do with the government shutdown? Everything, if you pitch it the right way. You can start calling all of these companies and say, listen, yeah, I've got an interesting take. I think I'd be a good host or, sorry, I think I'd be a good guest on your TV show. Um, I'd like to talk about the importance of how our Congress doesn't know how to sell anything and as a result of that they're failing everything. When what really Congress needs is they need some really good sales training to learn how to pitch their ideas more effectively to people who don't want to listen. I mean, we think that, you know, Congress is a real stubborn area, but have you ever tried to sell products to somebody who doesn't want to buy? That's just as hard. And yep. I'm, uh, you know, I'm Ty Maynard. I'm the author of Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. I have a really cool ethical approach to selling that I can promise you this. If the Congress, if the people in Congress would just do the three things that I outline in my book, we wouldn't have deadlock right now. Boom, you're booked, right? Uh-huh. Um, and, and so all it's about is just kind of creatively finding a way to tie in what it is that your book or your expertise is about. Um, it, let's say we got a financial advisor listening on the uh, uh, on the show right now. Financial advisor, call up the exact same booker and go, um, yeah, you know what, I, I, I think I'd be a real valuable guest for your show. I'm a financial planner, and I'd love to get on and share with the American po- uh, population how, um, you know, if they rely on the government to um, take care of their finances, they're going to be in for a shocking reality, whereas when you've created a five-point financial plan that I've outlined in my book, Financial Future for the, the New Generation, blah, 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 uh, they wouldn't have to care about the government shutdown right now. It's just always about spinning the expertise back into that. So um, that's one easy way to do it. And i got to tell you, um, people love to get on the TV, but it's not the end-all, be-all that it is. And I'll give you a great comparison to this. You know, one of my business partners, a good friend of mine, Kevin Harrington from the TV show Shark Tank. He was on the first three seasons. Um, Kevin gets pitched from people all the time. He was on the TV show Shark Tank. Now that sh- that TV show Shark Tank had six million viewers, so he was on. He was getting his name out in front of six million people every single week. But here's the catch: he had to pay for that out of his own pocket because he was the investor on the TV show. Now that's a little bit extreme, but there's always a price for getting on TV. You know, the price is a lack of time. The price is you got to buy a plane. You know, you want to get on Good Morning America, you think they're going to fly you up? Yeah, they might fly you up if you're a celebrity, but if you're just getting on for a 60-second or a two-minute or four-minute spot on something, you're paying for your own airfare. So there is a cost to getting into traditional media. Uh, Kevin did very well with that, but at the end of the day, you know, he's sitting there putting out his millions of dollars to be on that TV show. Now, let's compare that to some people who get onto emerging media, and that's a really important one. And you'll have to forgive me, Ty. I actually didn't hit my timer, so when we're getting near the time for a break, just jump in and say, hey, wrap it up there, Chuck. Um, we got about three more minutes. You good. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. So the emerging media, let's compare this. So there's, there's a woman by the name of Michelle Fawn. Anybody can Google her on YouTube. Michelle Fawn, she has a beautiful niche market. She talks about how to apply makeup for Asian girls. <laughs> that's it. She has 580 million views. Kevin Harrington, 6 million on TV. And he had to pay for it out of his own pocket. She gets in front of her little webcam, 580 million views. She has a seven-figure endorsement deal with a major cosmetics line. She's on every red carpet event from the Oscars to the Grammys to the Emmys. She's on them all. 
There's another guy, Philip DeFranco. He has a webcast, which is what mattered to him that day, and it's in a funny, entertaining way. Oh, 610 last time I... No, no, 800 and some odd million viewers. 800 plus million viewers. Seven-figure deals from every major video game manufacturer. So when a new game comes out, he can play it and tell his audience what he felt about that video game. Wow. Now that is some power with emerging media. So emerging media is basically online presence. You know, I just Googled Ty Maynard, and I spelled your name wrong. Google knows you so well. It said... Did you mean T-Y-E, Maynard? I said, well, yes, I did. <laughs> and then I look at Ty Maynard. Buddy, you own the front page of Google. That's a great way to make sure that you have your profile exposed. So, you know, I always tell people there's two challenges as an entrepreneur. Number one, to make sure you own the front page of your name. So when people Google Topher Morrison, I own every link on page one. When people Google Ty Maynard, you own every page, every, every link on page one. Um, that's the easiest one to get. I mean, it's not too hard. You know, the reality is you can pretty much own the front page of Google as long as you have uh, good uh, um, social networking sites like YouTube, uh, Google+, Facebook, LinkedIn, and a couple of other your personal favorites. You can do pretty well on that, but if you really want to own it and own it well, you need to have about 15,000 words in your blog before Google takes notice and says, hey, this person's a player. We should actually probably pay attention to them. So that's a real good goal for anybody listening. Get a blog. Start doing three to 500-word articles every single day. You'll have 15,000 words in literally a matter of a month. And all of a sudden, Google's going to know who you are. And what's really cool about that is if you tag it in the right way, then not only is it just when they search for your name, but then when they search for your profession, then you can at least get one of those coveted spots on the front page of Google, Bing, or Yahoo. But it does take a minimum of 15,000 words before any of those search engine sites really look up and pay attention to you and say, hey, there's a person of value here. Wow, that's good. Now, listen, we're going to go ahead and take our break now, Topher. When we come back, continue with Raise Your Profile, and then after that, we want to go into the partnership. This is good information. I'm getting Perfect. pumped, and I'm confident that my our listeners are. So it's time for us to take a short break. This is Ty Maynard, and you're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something on the Voice America Business Channel, and my guest today is Topher Morrison. Stay tuned. We'll talk to you on the other side of the break. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. What are the reasons that over three quarters of small businesses fail within three years? Why do 70% of U.S. women-owned businesses make less than $50,000 a year? What causes mid-sized companies to stagnate? Although today many fundamentals of business remain the same, there are critical current changes that are not being acknowledged, and the result is costly. Tune in to Moving Forward with host Jen Sabin. We'll discuss the core reasons and plans of action to keep your business moving forward. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Tune in for What About Wealth every week to learn the vital answers to your questions about creating wealth, investing it, donating it, and protecting it. Your hosts are Rich Bloomfield and Rick Durfee, who explain the principles that govern wealth in terms you can understand. Building and preserving positive wealth requires correct action, but few people know how wealth really works. 
Listen every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and find the answers you need about wealth. Our workplace is dynamically changing. How do you stay ahead of the curve with respect to learning and training? Tune in every week to The Future of Workforce Learning and Development with host Pamela Robinson. You'll learn about real-world strategies, solutions, and resources that will showcase these changes and keep you ready for what's next. The Future of Workforce Learning and Development is heard live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard. My guest today is Topher Morrison, and he's talking about how to become a key person of influence. And I hope you have a pad and pen ready because he's given us some key and keen information to help us accomplish our objectives. So, Topher, I think you were just uh, on Raise Your Profile, some amazing information. Uh, continue with that, and then whenever you're ready, tell us about the last one, p- Partnership. Sure, sure, sure. All right, well, I was almost done anyway, so I can just kind of wrap it up here a little bit. So, you know, the reality is, you know, don't don't ignore TV and radio. It's a great spot. You get a lot of exposure, but it doesn't really bring in the business like the emerging media does. If you're really looking for getting sales, getting leads, emerging media, believe it or not, is better than traditional media. What's the benefit of traditional media? The benefit of traditional media is really um, bragging rights and credibility. It does help out, you know, when people can go to your website and see that you've been on CNN or NBC or Fox News or something like that. There's a certain level of uh, social credibility that goes with that that you don't necessarily get with the emerging media, but you get way more effective results with emerging media simply because it's just easier to contact and to reach out to people. Like just on the intro bumper there, people know immediately how they can reach out to us and talk to us immediately. You don't get that on most TV shows. Uh, even on most radio shows, if you do, it's real hard to get through. Where it's, it's a lot easier to get through on the emerging media markets through things that are web-based or web-hubbed. Um, we talked about how you got to have a minimum of 15,000 words inside a blog before Google, Bing, or Yahoo really kind of takes up and notices you. Um, and then inside those blogs, it's really important that you always stay on theme. So, you know, for example, if you're writing three to 500 words on a blog every day, and you got 25, 35, 50,000 words, that's only going to be good if you're talking about one topic. If you're trying to be a master of all things, uh, you know, a jack of all trades and a master of none, it's real hard for Google to get an idea of who you are or what you're about. Remember, Google isn't a human. (laughs) It's a robot. So it can't interpret things like that and go, oh, well, let's see here. Today they talked about um, selling real estate. The next day they talked about... um, uh, overcoming objections. The next day, they talked about um, uh, uh, closing techniques for um, 
financial advisors, uh, Google doesn't have the ability to sit there and go, I think this is a sales training expert. They're just going to go, it's inconsistent data. So it's real hard to get higher ranking. So when you're writing your blogs, it's really important that you make sure that there's a common thread in that blog that always goes back to certain keywords that you know your clients search for on a consistent basis or you know are the target markets that you want. So I'll give you an example. For me, every time I write my blog, I always talk about online speaker training. Well, the reason for that is because I have a program for speaker training, but it's all dedicated online. Now, most people, if they're looking for a speaker trainer, they're going to search for public speaking or speaking skills. But that's a very competitive search world, whereas if I'm, if I'm really pushing home the online speaker training, yeah, maybe I'm only going to get 1% of the 10 million people who are Google searching that, but because uh, it's such a specific search, I'll get a much higher ranking on that. Um, that's just one example. So I'm going to make sure that all of my, my thread is all about speaker training but with an online presence, and I'll get a much higher Google ranking for the specific people that are looking for, oddly enough, online speaker training or something like that. If you were to search key person of influence, every blog we ever write from the Intrivo brand always talks about the phrase becoming a key person of influence and using those key tag words. So we virtually own not just the first page, but <laughs> probably the first 10 pages on Google and Yahoo and Bing when you just search the phrase key person of influence. So it's very important that everything have a common thread associated to it. If you don't have that common thread, very, very difficult to maintain that. Um, once you've done that, all of a sudden you become very high profile. Then you get to part five, the fifth P, which is the one that every entrepreneur wants to get right out of the bat. Uh, I've got clients right now who are begging me. They're going, will you put me in front of Kevin Harrington? I really need an investor, and I've got the greatest thing. I'm like, why would I put you in front of Kevin? You're so unclear on your pitch. I don't even know what the hell you do, and you're my customer for crying out loud. <laughs> so we really got to make sure that you cleaned up the pitch. You're seen as a credible expert because you're published. You've been able to step away from your desk and work on your business, not in your business, by having products that work for you in absence. And then you raise that profile online and on traditional media so that the investors start to hear about you. You want to become that person that when people are at networking events, they're at cocktail parties, they're having conversations, and they start talking about, for example, sales training, they go, hey, have you ever heard of Ty Maynard? You really got to check him out. That It's those little tiny things that happen. And usually, by the way, most people never actually go, well, I'll jump right on that and get to it. Usually what happens is, and this is where really key people of influence take their stronghold, is that they usually need to hear that from more than one person that they deem to be credible. I don't know about you, Ty, but people tell me I should meet somebody all the time. I don't give it a second thought. But if right. three people that I respect, four people that I respect, five people that I respect, all of a sudden are saying the same name over and over again, I go, you know what? I think I might want to take notice here. There's obviously something going on. So right. that's about, you know, once you've raised that profile, it's so much easier to find the partnerships. Now, partnerships has an interesting connotation to it because I think a lot of people have a misunderstanding uh, in terms of who could actually be a partner. Uh, and this all boils down to what we like to refer to as the illusion of limiting resources. You know, if you look at how business would happen, say, 
let's just go 20, 25 years ago, maybe even 30 years ago. It was all about conquering and beating the competition, cutting out the competition. It was a very cutthroat kind of style in sales. You know, even you and I, Ty, we would never have wanted to talk 30 years ago because you do seminars and I do seminars. Granted, the fact that totally in a different niche market, but we right. could just feel that as a threat. Nowadays, what we're starting to realize, and it all has everything to do with how the web has just connected everybody and everything, the people who are willing to partner up and collaborate with people which in the past might have been considered their competition, those are the ones that are doing better than most of the other people in the business. So, for example, in our business, we look at that every person we come in contact with is, is a partner in our eyes. We see everyone as a partner. Now, if if, if let, here's a great example, Ty. So, you know, I, I like to consider you as a key partner in my business, and yet right. – you haven't gone through like our key person of influence program. You very kindly came to our one day event, which was really awesome, and I loved that. And I was very honored to have you there. But you know that one event, you're right now. You're considered a key partner for me, and the reason I know that is because there's going to come a day when somebody's going to want some sales training, and I'm not going to sit up and, t- and take that because that's not my specialty. And I can say, you know, what? if you want some sales training, you know, who you got to hire Ty Maynard. He's the guy, and I know that if I give you enough business there will come a day where you won't be able to deny it. <laughs> You're going to go, I have to give this guy some business. I have to start sending him some leads. And so, like, usually I find that if I, like, if I give another speaker a speaking gig, after about the fourth paid speaking gig, all of a sudden I start getting phone calls from people I've never heard of because now that speaker is endorsing people to me. It was really funny. I was actually, um, uh, I was speaking with, um, uh, there's a there's a keynote presentation that I'm doing. Uh, I think it's in January, if I'm not mistaken, and it's for the private aviation firms. So you know, like the the private jet charter companies, and Delta has their own corporate business jets and things like that. So it's going right. to be about 500 people in the private jet industry. And uh, you know, when I'm talking on the phone with this this wonderful woman, she's like, well, you know, we've got about eight slots for speakers, and uh, you know, your manager was saying that you might know of some other speakers. And I go, oh yeah, I can think of some great speakers, and so I. Asked asked her what she was looking for in the themes, and I told her, I said, well, there's one guy that I know would be great for that. His name's Ron White. He's a memory champion expert. It's really unique. It's fun. People love hearing this guy and watching him do these memory things, and you know what she said? She goes, yeah, that's how I heard about you, <laughs> and, and he was the one who actually sent me that business. Now, you know, in the old days, man, speaker to speaker, we'd be competitive. We'd be trying to get a, each other's business. Nowadays, it's about how can we partner with as many speakers to give them as much business as possible. You know, if you have a really true, truly defined niche market, here's a great example. Marty Rodriguez, she's the number one real estate in, uh, agent in the world for Century 21. Out of like the past 15 years, she's been the number one in the world for like 10 years of something. It's crazy. She has the most incredible niche. She only sells homes that are a six-mile radius from her office. That's it. If it's 6.1 miles, she won't sell the home. Why? She wants to be able to get within any one of her homes that she sells within 11 minutes, and she can. That's You know, how many realtors do you know drive two hours to get a listing and then two hours back, right? 11 minutes, that's the tops. So what happens is she ends up giving away loads and loads of referrals to other realtors, that are quote-unquote her competitors, but i got to tell you, you know, she gives out seven or eight homes to another realtor who wants to take these listings. The moment they get somebody call them up that's in her area, do you think it's in their best interest to take that gig, 
or to say, I'd like to send you to Marty Rodriguez. She specializes in this six-mile radius because they don't want a for sale sign that has their name on her market because they know that she's given them six homes already. So they don't right. want to piss her off. They're like, yeah, better give it to her. This is about that partnership. So, so when I say partnership, I'm not just talking about like venture capitalists or angel investors. The first person to look for partnership would be the person that you feel is your biggest threat or competitor. You go wow. to them, you can make some really cool things happen. Here's a great story. Uh, Kevin Harrington, my partner, the guy from Shark Tank, you know, he has made, he's done, he's done over $4 billion in product sales through infomercials. Um, you know, he's the guy who found, he, lit, he was the guy who found the Ginsu steak knife guy. He's that guy. I mean, he, that was his first infomercial 20 some odd years ago. He did the George Foreman grill. Uh, the ab roller, the gazelle with Tony Little. I mean, the, the best products that you've seen out there. This guy, you know, he made uh, um, the OxyClean guy, uh, uh, you know, a celebrity on TV selling all his stuff. So he's brilliant at, like, the hard household goods products, you know, the, the machineries, the appliances, and things like that. His number right. one competitor is Guthy Ranker. They do like proactive solutions. They do the beauty creams, the anti-aging things and all this kind of stuff. And he, he got on the phone with Greg Ranker and he just said, hey, buddy, you know what? Listen, I kind of specialize in the hard products, the machines, the tools, the, the apparatus. You kind of specialize in the soft products like the lotions and the drinks and whatnot. Well, why don't we do this? Why don't you just send me your hard products? I'll send you all my soft products and we'll be able to market those products a lot better knowing that it's our niche. And they created an alliance where they now send each other business in their other one's niche, and they are direct competitors, and their business have both exploded as a result of that. Wow. Hey, hold on hold on a second, Topher. That's good yeah. stuff. We're going to have to pause for the break. I want you to come right back to, though, to, cool. that, to that because that's exactly what I think the audience needs to hear next. So it's time for us to take a short break. This is Ty Maynard, and you're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. And my guest today is Topher Morrison. He is bringing the heat, giving us some exceptional insight and information. And you're listening to us on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk to you again on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network we hear it and read about it every day in the news america is heading over a fiscal cliff home prices are still receding and unemployment growing how can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Business owners, do you run your business or does your business run you? Put yourself on the road to success by tuning in to Success Unchained with hosts Anthony and Julie McGloin. At last, discover how to overcome your biggest challenges, take control of your business, and achieve the results you've always dreamed of. Find out how with our resident master business coach and world-class guest experts. Transform the nine key areas of your business and unchain your true potential. Tune in Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. 
always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and my guest today is Topher Morrison, Managing Director of Intrivo USA, and he's given us uh, amazing insight on how to become a key person of influence in your particular industry, and it doesn't matter what the industry is. So, Topher, we have probably about, let's say, uh, seven, eight more minutes left, man. Go ahead and bring us home. Bring it home. All right, cool. Well, there you go. for those of you who just tuned in, man, we've been having a great conversation that has taken over the span of two radio programs. I was on about a month ago. You can check the archives. And what we've been doing is talking about what does it take to become a key person of influence, that person whose name comes up in conversation, that person who doesn't have to chase the leads, but the leads come to them, that person who uh, doesn't have any problem at all getting investors to check them out because the investors are coming to them. And, and, and the five areas are pretty simple. Number one, got to start with a perfect pitch. We believe that there are three pitches that every entrepreneur should have, what we call the quick pitch. Some people know that as the elevator pitch, a social pitch, which is the one you'd use at networking events, and then an investor pitch, which you would be using towards, say, angel investors or joint venture capitalists or something like that, or joint venture capitalists, uh, venture capitalists. I'd like to find a joint venture capitalist. <laughs> I don't even know how that would work. Um, uh, you give me half your money, I'll give you my half. Um, the, uh, the, uh, the second uh, element to that is after you've perfected your pitch, you've got to be seen as an expert in your industry um, or as an industry leader. And the easiest way and the fastest way to be viewed as an industry leader is through publishing a book or uh, becoming really well proficient in blogging or getting in news journals, news journals and trade show magazines and things like that. And then the third component, once you've done that, is to get all that great information that is inside your head and get it out of your head into products which can be selling for you in your sleep. And then the fourth component, which we started our conversation today on, which is about how do you raise your profile? We talked about new media. We talked about uh, traditional media. And the whole reason why you want to raise your profile to where you can become seen easily and observable is that that's how you get the partners. Specifically, if you're looking for uh, venture capitalists or angel investors, the big thing to take away here is this. If you go to an angel investor or you go to a venture capitalist, you got a 99% chance you're not going to get the funding that you want. you got a 1% chance you're going to get it. If an angel investor finds you or a venture capitalist finds you and they call you, you got a 99% chance that you're going to get that deal. You're going to get all the funding you want, maybe even more. That's the first level of partnership. The second level of partnership we talked about 
which is the importance of looking at who you feel is your number one competitor, and that's the person you reach out to make a partnership with. Because if you can get over this old 1980s high competition, killed the competition mentality, and realize that in today's world, collaboration is where it's at, go to your biggest competitor and find a way that you can collaborate with them and help them out. And it usually starts this. Here's the biggest problem. So this is some new content here. When you're approaching somebody, whether it's a competitor or just somebody that you think would be a really cool partner to have on your team to help, you know, let's say, let's say, for example, I wanted to have Time Maynard become my key partner, so I get lots of referrals from him, and I can give him lots of referrals. The worst thing that you could ever do is call somebody up and say, hey, I'd like to have a conversation about how you and I could partner up and work together. That's actually one of the worst things you could say because any savvy key person of influence gets that kind of a phone call all the time. The most effective way to develop a partnership with somebody is to call up and say, hey, um, I know that you specialize in sales training, Ty. Um, I've actually got a company that is interested in some sales training. It's not my specialty. While, yeah, I think I could probably sit down and give a pretty good run for the money, I really would feel much more comfortable if I could recommend you to this company. Would you be okay if I sent your name and your phone number out to this company because they're really looking for a good sales trainer? That's how you get a partner. That had nothing to do with me, and it has everything to do with you. The moment you want to do something as a partnership, a partnership starts with, in my opinion, if you look at it like a marriage. You know, if, if, if a husband gives 50% and a wife gives 50%, you've got a failed relationship. The husband has to give 100%, and the wife has to give 100%. And eventually... At one point in time, somebody has to give the first 100%. That's how you get a date, right? So in a business relationship, the same thing. I'm going to give you 100%. I'm not going to ask for anything, Ty. I'm going to say, hey, here's some sales training. I think it would be a real good lead for you. That's all I do. I don't ask for partnership. I don't ask for anything in return. I'm going to earn the right to ask you for partnership later, but it's all going to start in the gift. That's the easiest way to do it. You know, that's an excellent point, and we, we just have a few minutes left, but I can remember back when I first started in selling, I was selling copiers, and we toted the copiers around in our vans. You and were we had- a copier salesman? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Oh, and we have, I liked you until I just now. Now I'm confused. I'm I'm confused because I always never liked copier salesmen, but I really like you, Ty. What the I, hell oh, am man, I gonna do I'm now? one of the good ones. I'm one of the good You're ones. You're one of the good ones. All right. I, I had a, we had him on a gurney so we could roll him into people's office and one of my competitors, he was taking his copier out. It was a big copier. He was going to have to try to carry it. I said, here, use my, use my card. And he said, really? I said, yeah, man, we both just trying to make a living. Uh, yeah. use it. And what I found out was after that, because I made that nice gesture to him, he was giving me so much free advertising about if any time he found out he was competing against me, he said, oh, man, he's a great guy, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So you're right on that. Uh, yeah. But, man, listen, our time is up. And, I, you know, I always say, Topher, this is the fastest hour of the week. It, it uh, is, man. This goes quick for me. So thank you very much for being with us. But before we, 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 we exit, I hope everyone took good notes and listened to the show again and again. Tell others about the show. But, Topher, you were mentioning in a, in a previous conversation we had, you guys have a real cool uh, test that people can get online and take, and it's 100% free. Give them a little bit of information about that. 
Yeah, we actually just got this thing done. When I say we, is I'm so, I'm taking so much more credit for this. I didn't have anything to do with it, by the way. It's the genius team that I got helping me out here. But we've got, we created a brand new aptitude test, which allows you to actually measure your depth of impact as a key person of influence to score you and rate you to see how much of an influence can you make. And here's the cool thing, man. It's totally free, and it's not even one of those free with catches kind of crappy things you get on websites where it's like, it's free if you give me your name and your email and your address and all that stuff. None of it. You can go online. You can take the test. We don't ask you for your name or number. Nothing like that. And the test scores revealed immediately, and it tells you how to interpret and everything. It's a simple, simple website. It's called keypersonofinfluence.com forward slash test forward slash. That's it. It's pretty easy. You're going to take a test. All you got to do is remember the word test and, and the topic we've been talking about. So if, you, if any of your listeners just want to go to keypersonofinfluence.com forward slash test forward slash, easy breezy, free test, no obligation, no catches, no tricky stuff. It just lets them go in. It takes us in two minutes. It's a fun, easy test, iPhone compatible, iPad compatible, everything compatible. It's simple and quick. Wow, that's excellent, excellent. Hey, man, thanks again for being on the show. And you know I'm going to ask you to come back at some point. And you know I'll say yes, brother. You know I Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And audience, thanks again for being with us. Uh, check out my website. I have some new information and some new products, and you definitely want to have a copy of the book Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. You definitely want to have a copy of Key Person, How to Become a Key Person of Influence. You can get that uh, from, from Amazon, and where else can you get, they get it from? Listen, you can go to Amazon, you can buy it for 10 bucks. but honestly, if you send me an email, I'll give it to you for free. Wow, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. See, my kind of guy, my kind of guy. Well, thanks again, uh, and... You know, we look forward to, to being with you next week again. We have an awesome show next week. We're going to be talking to a high-level uh, president of a, probably a Fortune 100 company. And he's going to talk about how to get to upper-level management from a sales position. What do you need to say to them? So we look forward to you tuning in and catching that. And in the meantime, in the meantime, forget patience. Let's sell something. Talk to you soon. Thanks again for tuning in to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. Ty Maynard will be back next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We look forward to you joining us then. In the meantime, forget patience, let's sell something. Thank you.